Welcome everyone to episode 2 of Down to Play. I'm your host Dapper Tux, along with the one, the only, Next Gen Player. This week we are discussing PlayStation's Last of Us 2 dedicated state of play, Xenoblade Chronicles, our review of Minecraft Dungeons, Maneater, and more. Stick around, you won't want to miss it. Jumping in first, let's talk about state of play of uh, the Last of Us 2 theme state of play. Super exciting stuff happening over at the house that Sony built. Uh, Paul, you want to kick us off with your thoughts on the Last of Us 2? Sure, yeah. I mean, the state of play was phenomenal. It was about 20 minutes. It began with a trailer that we already seen before, but uh, right after that, they jumped into 20 minutes of new content, which was great. Um, I mean... Everything looked phenomenal. There was three big things really that stood out for me when I was watching this. The first one is the realism of the game. Um, Naughty Dog is just known for their realism. and But this one just sort of takes it up to the next notch. I really like that all the enemies that you face in the game, they all have names and they all have relationships. Even if it's just someone that you just sort of like take out really fast. Um, we saw like other other characters, other enemy characters. Um, they were like you know calling out because they were concerned that that their friend just got killed, or they're you're you're combating NPCs, but they they have depth and they have layers, which is something that I really haven't seen before in games. Totally picked up on that too. In terms of just even even combat, it's it's so visceral. Uh, gunplay, bow and arrow. Um, but you're right, like especially the personality, that added layer of these are, are other people. It just makes things so much, it makes the stakes so much higher when you're engaging with an enemy. Can you avoid them and just, you know, be, you know, be better off yourself and, and, and not hurt someone? Or are you forced into this interaction where you're going to have to make some really difficult choices? Yeah. And I also like to the, the attention, the detail as well, like the, uh, the new traversal mechanics, right? Like, you know, Ellie can can climb and she can repel and she can swim. I mean, obviously the the movements looked so real. Um, but just the way the enemies were reacting was real. Um, and even down to like the sounds that they were making when they were dying. Like it was just it it, it just like it struck me as like, holy jeez, this is this is like this is real, um, and uh, you know I'm I'm just not used to this level of detail and, and realism in games. When we look at Ellie now, based on the way she was, um, you know, in the original Last of Us, it, it almost takes that game, uh, the first one that was already you know very very dark. Uh, the atmosphere was extremely heavy, and it just doubles down. I would say on every single aspect of it like a horror film and it just makes you want to you know just just run and hide but at the same time you you just want to peek around the corner to see what's about to happen next for sure yeah and another thing that really stood out for me that, that's this one's actually going to have three different factions in it the first one is the washington liberation front so that's the uh it's like the the militia group um where they um like they're highly trained they're highly organized they stole army equipment so they've got you know lots of, of weapons and ammunition um and then you've got the, the the religious zealots the seraphites right and those ones it seems like they sort of like blend in with the environment they're they're all about stealth like they they shoot with bows and arrows um and they sort of like hide in, in places right so just like like completely different dynamics and you know i'm wondering like you know am i gonna fight you know potentially like you know both of them at the same time um like just imagine you know uh, you know, just just all the crazy things that would happen like you're like 
you know, you're going after this army militia, but then, you know, somebody, uh, you know, pings you in the, in the right shoulder with an arrow or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, and then you have, uh, you have a clicker coming at you as well too, or you're trying to hide from, from one of the infected. No, it just, it just sets itself up so well to have, uh, the, the Washington liberation front or the WFL and the scars. So you've got this, the WFL who are go loud, lots of heavy, heavy armaments. Then you've got the sort of the stealth nature of the scars. And then finally you have the actual infected. It's, it's kind of got that walking dead idea of listen, the undead, or in this case, the infected are not the only enemy that you need to worry about. There's just so much more going on in this world. And with these extra factions, it's not just the fireflies like it was in the last of us and uh, the infected. You now have just, three factions now sort of playing together plus the infected and in this massive open world. So it's going to set up for some pretty, pretty amazing gameplay. That's for sure. Yeah. And I'm actually like, I'm really excited about the infected. There's some new ones there. Um, Like you got the runners and the clickers from the first game. And then you've got uh, the stalkers, which uh, they, they hide and they jump out um, when they're like, I guess when you get close to them. And then also the shamblers, which are like the the big new guys that have uh, they're full of like pus armor and they explode and into like gaseous um, explosion that that burns you. Yeah, how, how did they use to describe them? The, the pustules that was like yeah. my gross yeah. word of the week. It was yeah. like, oh, that's nasty. <laughs> but yeah, that's 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 the infected for you. It's uh, yeah, just the lore created around the actual infected as well too, and and having all these new enemy types. And then I think it was towards the end of the trailer, there was this like blood curdling roar. So I feel like that is setting up for yet another enemy type. Like Neil Druckmann didn't go into exactly what that enemy type is or how many there will be. So there's going to definitely be some surprises. Yeah, and I'm just glad that there is actually going to be a big focus on the infected, right? Because the first few trailers that we saw didn't really focus on them. Like it was it was introducing the 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 Seraphites and and uh, the militia group, right? But yeah, I mean, I'm just I can't wait, and and uh, you know everything looked amazing in that trailer. I also I just want to mention really quick and before I do I got to definitely mention spoilers because this like this is potentially a big spoiler so if you don't want to hear a spoiler just you know flip ahead a, a minute in the podcast but um at the at, yeah at the end of the trailer um I'm pretty sure that was Riley so I we don't know for sure <laughs> but uh but I was comparing the photos and and it just it, it looks exactly like her which is, you know, really interesting because obviously Riley was infected and, and we all thought she's dead. But uh, I guess she's alive if it is her. And, uh, you know, and, and it looks like she's on the opposing team now. So that's a really cool thing, um, you know, especially for fans that, that played the DLC uh, for the original Last of Us. So, yeah, I'm just really looking forward to to seeing, like, is it her and, and how does the story play out? Another thing that was really interesting too is the new modes of transportation. So now you, Ellie can get around on a boat and you get around via horseback. Naughty Dog even hinted at the fact that this was their biggest game yet. And I really think that's saying something pretty incredible when you take the Uncharted series into account. Um, but I'm really excited to see what The Last of Us and all the environments have in store. At this point, we're going to step away from uh, The Last of Us Part 2, as could go on for hours discussing the, the game. Um, and we're going to take a look at the Xenoblade Chronicles remaster that's recently come out. Paul, I know you played the last one. You're itching to discuss this. Uh, what do you have for us? Yeah, so I just wanted to just quickly mention this. I mean, it's it's pretty big news this week. Obviously, uh, Nintendo has a big release coming out uh the xenoblade chronicles remastered i played the game on wii 
Um, and it was phenomenal back then. I haven't actually had a chance yet to play the remaster, but I am going to dive into it soon. Um, but I just want to say that, you know, I've, I read some of the reviews and, and obviously it's, you know, it, it builds upon the Wii version. So it seems like it's even better. It's got better graphics and there's a whole bunch of new additions. So if you haven't played the original, I definitely recommend this game. I mean, it, it's, uh, it has a big, vast open world, um, great graphics great story um one thing i like about this game is that um all the localization is in british so it's got sort of this like really uh like charmy and campy feel and and it's got um real-time uh combat as well so it's like it's just it's just a really 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 good jrpg took me about 100 hours to play the original so um it's definitely one that can you know pretty much take up most of your summer if you're um, you know, if you got time to play a big long game, but um, but I I just wanted to check too to find out what was new because that was obviously the first thing that was on my mind is what's new on the remaster version. So I'm going to just quickly go over some of the things that you can expect in this new version. Uh, the first and the and the big one really is there's a new playable epilogue which is called Future Connected and it takes place one year after the events of the of the main game. So. You've got new story um, material to go through. That alone, I think, is a reason enough to pick it up, um, even if you played the original. Um, but there's a, a bunch of other improvements too. Like, for example, uh, the quest system now has been improved significantly. So before, in the in the original game, it was just sort of like a hodgepodge of like of things everywhere, and you weren't really too sure uh, where to go or how to prioritize where to go. But now they have a new quest system where you can just you can activate a quest. It'll tell you where to go for the quest. It'll give you instructions on what you need to know for that quest. So it's really stre uh, streamlined compared to the first game. Um, and then there's just other like quality of life changes. Like um, there's uh, reduced loading time. Uh, fast travel is even faster now. Um, the menus have been redesigned to uh, to give you more information uh, and faster information, which is better. Um, and it also has a new uh, remastered soundtrack. So the, the original soundtrack was amazing. But um, but the new arranged soundtrack, uh, from what I've heard, is even better. Uh, I've had to listen to uh, you know some of the music on, on YouTube, and it sounds great. So yeah, I mean, there's a lot of improvements overall with the game, and I'm just I'm really looking forward to it. I don't know how I'm I'm gonna get a hundred hours. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of games coming out this summer that I gotta play, but um, but it's definitely on my radar. I'm gonna be picking up the game, and uh, if uh, if you do pick it up, be sure to let us know on Twitter what you think, because I'm definitely curious to know. Uh, how people are enjoying this game to uh to our 60 second reviews um so for this we're going to be kicking off first with uh, minecraft dungeons well, something that's completely swept my household uh myself and dapper jr it's one of those things where this is a, a dungeon crawler for the entire family so i feel microsoft's really taking the minecraft ip into brave new uncharted frontier and uh, used again all the characters to create uh, a really cool dungeon crawler um i feel uh in terms of in terms of the actual game itself really really loving it the characters and the actual loot loop is something that i again both myself and dapper jr find highly addictive um, multiplayer i don't know i couldn't imagine myself playing this solo it's one of those games that um just just being able to play with my son first and foremost is just it's just been so so cool to you know encourage each other and coach one another along when we're you know coming up into you know multiple enemies um love the uh wide range of really cool environments it's again it's very it's blocky just like minecraft it's blocky but it's beautiful 
On the downside, I would say that it does get a little bit repetitive and the game can be short. You can, a lot of people are saying like the game itself doesn't really begin till you beat the regular sort of storyline. Um, I guess, you know, with looting, loot increasing and, you know, being able to uh, explore over and over again, I guess that's a, a pretty big hook for it, as well as the procedurally uh, generated aspects of levels. So I know parts of the levels are handcrafted, but at the same time, there is procedurally generated areas where you'll th recognize things and then it'll just sort of sort of suddenly change. So I think that does add to the replay value. But overall, love the game. It's something fantastic for the family. Um, I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Uh, Paul, what were your thoughts on Minecraft Dungeons? Yeah, so I just beat the campaign. Um, there's nine levels in the game. There's um, there's five bonus levels or hidden levels. I've found uh, two of them so far, um, but I still got to find the other three. Um, but so far, yeah, I mean, I guess my, my opinion is, is very similar to yours. I'm having a lot of fun with the game. Um, I, I like dungeon crawlers um diablo I, I grew up with i played all three uh diablo games and uh i love the binding of isaac and a bunch of other ones and and I, what what i like about this game is just it's so easy to get into right like with all the other games you know with diablo it's all about min maxing and and you know stats galore and then uh binding of isaac is is very challenging so you know finding the right mix of items is crucial in that game but Minecraft Dungeons is just it's one of those games where there's not a lot of stats like and there's and and it's really easy to get into like you can I feel like this is a game too where you know if I take a, a week break and get back into it I can just dive right back into it I know exactly what I'm doing and it you know get back into it super quick the other games you sort of have to like where was I and what am I doing and like all this stuff right or or all of all of your friends have like leveled ages ahead of you and it's just like okay forget it what do I even do here I, I find that you're you're 100 percent on the button with that where it's just very very intuitive in terms of being able to just pick up and play and go from there the other thing too is i so i played a little bit of multiplayer um my son is too young to play games unfortunately so um when he's a little bit older we're definitely gonna be playing this game um so i haven't played a lot of co-op but when i did it's obviously a lot better than solo so um i would say you know I love the game. It's phenomenal. It's it's definitely more easy entry level dungeon crawler. So you know if if you're looking for a hardcore Diablo game, this is not it. But if like the Minecraft demographic tends to skew younger, so if you're looking for for like teens and, and younger kids, this is absolutely perfect. Um, and then also um, if you like playing online with friends, like this game, it was super fun. So um, I'm gonna give it uh, a seven and a half out of ten. Very close to your score. Um, and I think the main, uh, drawback to the game, you already mentioned it, it's just, there's not a lot to it once you beat it. Like, I, I beat the game within just a couple of days. Um, it's a pretty cheap game, so, I mean, you get a decent amount of content for what you pay. And there is going to be DLC, so they're going to be expanding upon the game. But, um, yeah, it's pretty much like one of those things where after you finish the, the nine levels, you need to just then replay those same nine levels over and over again at different at higher levels to get better loot um so if that's what you're into then you know you can pretty much play this game forever but um yeah just the you know 
the the limited scope of content i think uh knocks it down a little bit for me but otherwise it's a great game yeah absolutely and the uh the minecraft dungeons the first dlc jungle awakens is officially uh coming up i believe it's in july so keep an eye out for that our next game up which is not family friendly at all but a lot of fun man eater <laughs> there's <laughs> there's some there's something in the water here paul <laughs> you cue cue the uh, jaws music which we can't otherwise we'll get sued but <laughs> I, i'm gonna say it's one of my top games of the summer if not the perfect summer game man eater allows you to become the ultimate apex predator against the backdrop of a zany reality tv show you are the shark which is one of the coolest takes in gaming i've seen in a long time uh, <laughs> it's an ocean it really is an ocean sandbox game that i didn't even know i wanted but now that i've played it i'm totally hooked wow that was a great pun <laughs> that was that was uh, unintentional in terms of what uh, what i've loved so far about man eater and again i'm, I'm gonna be playing a lot more of this game as i go on um the graphics are stunning um, and there's quite a bit of great variety of environments as well too. You start off as as a as a pup or a, like a, ba a baby shark, and again I even had that song "Baby Shark" in my head as I'm playing. But again, nothing is further from the truth about this being about a friendly little shark because you are anything but friendly. The whole idea is you just keep dominating other forms of wildlife, uh, going after humans gaining uh, more and more notoriety until other predators come after you and you're basically trying to earn earn your crown as uh, the ultimate predator of the seas. The game too, what I really like about it is that it's made the swimming mechanics fun. I often find myself in uh, a lot more landlocked games where you're running around, you know, third person perspective. Water section comes up and I'm just like, oh no, not this. And it's because there's always you know, wonky camera angles, but I really found that they found a sweet spot with Maneater, especially with being a shark. Evolving your shark is also really, really cool. Uh, being, being the same form factor throughout would have just been off, but here you can just do all, you can have all sorts of crazy upgrades, even making yourself, you know, an, electro, an electro shark or <laughs> a shark that can use, you know, electrocution powers, which is pretty wild. I did find though at times so far with what I have played is that fetching and collecting, um, you know, collectibles as much as, you know, I love the achievements and trophies associated uh, around, you know, doing those those mundane tasks, uh, it can get a little bit heavy. Um, so I'm definitely going to be playing more of this. I'm towards the end point of the game. So I'm going to re reserve my score for this week and probably drop in next week with a with a with a quick score. Um, I for now, do I recommend a purchase of this game? Absolutely. You're going to have a lot of fun with it. Um, as the summer the summer months draw near, uh, hey, it's it's June now, um, but uh, <laughs> as we get more and more into the summer, and you want more of that Jaws vibe, uh, splashing sunshine, a little bit of horror, I guess. I think Maneater really fits that bill perfectly. Uh, Paul, what were your thoughts on uh, Maneater? So, I loved it. Um, I loved it more than I thought I would love it. Um, I remember I was talking last week on the podcast about what exactly is this game and. Well, now I know. So I, I finished the game um, like pretty much right after the podcast last week. I just downloaded the game and plowed through it. Took me uh, just over twelve hours or so to to beat the game, but I loved it. I just it's it's so funny and it's so odd and it's so unusual. Um, I just it's again like you said it perfectly. It's a it's a game that I didn't know I wanted, but now that I play it i want a sequel i want more man eater it's it's just it's 
it's fu- it's fun just because what what I love is that you so you start out as the baby shark like you said and you, you evolve up to being an elder shark and and like you gradually grow bigger like your your meter size grows bigger your jaws grow bigger you you get faster in the water and like this all happens within 12 hours and like you feel super weak at the beginning but by the end like yeah you are that apex predator and the 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 part the things that you do are just hilarious like some of your missions are to jump up and and like there's there's 50 people at a rock concert go eat half of them right and you jump up on land and you just like you start munching on people right it's just so funny and so amazing and the thing is too is that you do actually a lot of the same things all over and over again there's collectibles like license plates and uh, nutrient caches they get and stuff like that um so you do the same thing over and over and over again but it's just so like the moment to moment gameplay is just fun moving around the ocean is like fluid and seamless um so i was never bored like i just and and it's one of those games that's just really compact like into those 12 hours right if they stretch it out to maybe 25 or 30 hours sure maybe i would have got bored eventually but everything is just so compact and it's like it's it's a complete experience within 12 hours um yeah and i just loved it so um i the only one thing that actually knocked it for me is the game is is a little bit buggy and glitchy right now uh it crashed on me three times when i was playing and uh six trophies actually glitched so i i'm at 69 percent and i can't get a hundred percent because they just completely glitched on me so oh that's always that's always heartbreaking especially for a completionist uh (laughs) yeah i want i I wanted to platinum that one so bad so you know what i think i probably would have given this game a nine out of ten which is a pretty high score for for a game like this i would have but i i gotta knock it a little bit because of all these glitches that that happened to me so i'm gonna give it an eight which is still a really good score yeah oh still still quite great score for uh for manny we now have a few more rapid reviews to take a look at. I'm going to hand things over to Paul, who's going to give you the lowdown on quite a few great games. I've just I've been playing so many games recently. I just wanted you know a couple of minutes in the podcast just to really talk about some of these games and and what I think of them. So the first one that I want to talk about is Bubble Bobble for Friends. It's for Nintendo Switch. Um, I am a big fan of the Bubble Bobble series. I used to play it on my Commodore 64 that shows you uh how long i've been gaming kind of dates myself here again but hey um (laughs) if you like the classic game you're gonna love this one i think um the big change with this new one is that um just like the the uh, name of the game implies it's a four-player game so you can actually get bub bob and you can get uh their girlfriends uh peb and pab in there so yeah if you can get if if you've got a family or if you got lots of friends over you can each grab joy con controllers and just jump right in and start playing it it's great um graphics are really good on the game um it's got 50 levels um once you beat the game you can play the same 50 levels in a hard mode kind of remixes it a little bit kind of disappointing in that regard because i was hoping that it would have 100 levels that were different instead of 50 you know 50 easy 50 hard um but you know it's you know, it is what it is. But the good thing about the game, too, is that it also comes with the classic uh, Bubble Bobble arcade game. So you've got essentially two games in one. Um, so overall, I'm going to give this game an 8 out of 10. Um, reason being that it there's not a, a heck of a lot of content. Uh, you can probably beat it over a weekend. So this is the game is great, and I loved playing it. But it's one of those games where 
it's like an arcade game where you know you got to play it over and over again if you're not the type to just sit there and play the same game over and again to try to get you know like a new high score or beat it faster than your last time you're not going to get as much out of it but if you're the type to replay games a lot this one is definitely amazing so eight out of ten for that one uh next i played john wick hex which is uh it actually came out for pc last fall but it was sort of off my radar but um there, it just recently uh, came out for ps4 so i picked that one up and i thought it was really good actually i thought it's it's a it's a tactical game sort of like XCOM um or valkyria chronicles so you, you have to there's basically a timeline at the very top that shows how long each of your moves take so, you know, walking, shooting, reloading, um, they all take a certain amount of time and you have to sort of like, you know, figure out what your moves are going to be because your enemies are also moving around the same uh, like uh, grid battlegrounds as you, right? So if you like the the movie, um, the movies, I think you're going to like it because... Does it, does it have the speed of the films? Because the speed, like the films are just all built on total non-stop action okay so the the game has the same visual appeal so it's got like that sort of like neon look to it which i think is great um some of the voice actors or sorry some of the actors are voice actors in this game so you've got ian mcshane and lance riddick that uh, rep reprise their roles as winston and uh charon so there is like you know there's definitely a lot of fan service here but the one thing that is a little strange yeah it the movies are very choreographed um, and, and like, you know, fast action. Um, but this one is like, it's actually very opposite. It's, it's like, it's slow and methodical. So um, yeah, if you sort of, if you're looking for like a fast action game, like this is definitely not it. But if you're a fan of XCOM and, and tactical RPGs, then this game I think is, is great. So um, overall, I'm going to give it eight and a half out of 10, which is, that's a pretty good score, I think. Um, next game that I want to talk about is uh, Panzer Dragoon Remake, which um, I believe it's also coming out for PlayStation 4, maybe Xbox. I'm not sure. I have to check on that one, but um, but it's it's out now for Nintendo Switch. Um, and I played the original. It was actually a launch game for Sega Saturn back in 1995. So um, back then it was a technical showcase for the Saturn, and uh, and so yeah, I really wanted to check it out to see what this new version uh, would give us. So it pretty much like it's a it is a it's a remake. So um, the assets have been redone. How accurate would you say it is to the original content? So you know it's it's actually very accurate, and, and this is the biggest pro and the biggest con for, for the game. And I'll explain. So the it, it, it's like everything it plays the same. So you've got essentially like you're you're a rider on a dragon, and the dragon can shoot like regular. Uh, bullets or he can do homing uh missiles towards your enemies right but the biggest um innovation with the game is that you can actually spin the camera around 90 degrees so you can do it you can look left you can look right and you can actually even look behind you so it's got sort of like a 360 degree uh combat space which is which is very different than games like uh star fox or space harrier which is mostly just you know go sorry go go forward right um but the thing is is that this uh, switch remake i think it it hews too close to the original so the um like I, I was looking for for um you know quality of life improvements or just like just something new and, and interesting but this one doesn't really give you that it's just it's it it's like slightly higher texture um uh like textures on, on there the the environments are a little bit more detailed the enemies are a little bit more detailed but um the the enemy movements are are the same um as the original game and they're sort of like 
I, I would I would have liked to have seen like more fluid animations and like you know bring it up to almost like what we talked about last week with with uh, Streets of Rage, right? Like Streets of Rage Four took the old concept and sort of brought it into the modern standard, but this one. It's almost like a remaster versus a remake. Like, it feels very much like Panzer Dragoon, the original. Um, and I love the game, and I'm not really... I can't knock it because, I mean, I just have such fond memories. But the thing is, is that it, I don't think this game really, you know, stands the test of time um, compared to some other, like, retro games out there, right? Like, this is the game that I think they really could have... You know, given us some new polish and 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 like you know, redone the graphics uh, better than what they did to knock us off our feet. But um, but it's it's pretty much Sega Saturn Panzer Dragoon. Just looks a little bit better. So if you want to you know go back and and replay the game, then then this is the game for you, right? So um, so I'm gonna get it. Give it overall a seven out of ten. It's pretty decent. Nice walk down memory lane. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it's it's fun, and the other thing too is that um, it's fairly short too. So I think it's got uh, seven stages. So and and there's not any extra content. So you know, the, the one play through the game takes you about an hour or so. It's so, always interesting, you know, like how much uh, between a remaster and a remake, developers always have to walk down this extremely fine line. And I think Capcom obviously nailed it with something like Resident Evil Two and Resident Evil Three. Um, but sometimes if you just take that original formula and you change it too much, you would just upset too much of, you know, the old fan base versus the new. But it's it's kind of cool to hear that it does stick to the original release. So uh, I'm excited to check that one out. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I'm definitely glad that I played it. So um, if you like Panzer Dragoon, then definitely check that one out. Um, and the last game that I want to talk about is an indie game that I'm playing right now. It's called Biped. Um, it's, a, it's a 3D platform puzzler. It's, it's from a top-down perspective. Um, I think it's really cute. It's really charming. It it's uh, it kind of reminds me of Pixar's Wall-E. Like it has sort of like the same uh, visual style of of Pixar's Wall-E. Um, and basically, like the shtick with this game is that your your left foot and your right foot are mapped to the analog sticks. <laughs> so it's it yeah. So basically, like. Yeah, so if you want to if you want to walk forward, you have to like you know move up and down with the analog sticks back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, like you're actually walking, right? It it it's interesting, it's fun. It takes a little while to get used to. Sometimes you you just wish like hey like what I wish I I could just control it like a regular game where <laughs> where like the left stick controls your movement, but um but that's the whole whole point. Like the um you basically like you complete um. There's eight different levels in the game, and uh, each level introduces new challenges and new puzzles. So think of it as like, um, um, yeah, like a puzzle platforming type game. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 super fun. It's super charming. They actually have uh, there's a single player campaign and there's a co-op campaign, and they're actually completely different. So uh, unfortunately, it's not online co-op. So what I would say is that you know, if you have someone that's going to play locally with you, you're going to get a lot more value out of the game. If you only play games single player, you're only actually going to play half the game because you've got a whole other campaign on co-op, right? So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's just super fun and super charming. But uh, I, again, like I guess, seems like it's like a pattern with some of the games that I reviewed this week. The content is is really skimpy. Like um, the eight levels took me 
about a day and a half or so to beat. Um, you know, so and I've got another campaign to do, so maybe you've got like three days worth of content, but that's pretty much it. So overall, I'm going to give the game a seven out of ten. Um, it's a great concept, and I really hope that it gets a sequel. I like to see them, you know, build up, uh, um, you know, come back with uh, with with another game with which has you know expands upon the original. But uh, as it stands right now, yeah, seven out of ten. I'm Dapper Tux. And I'm NextGen Player. You can catch us on Twitter and Instagram at Dapper underscore Tux and NextGenPlayer, that's one word. And we are always down to play. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah.